Greetings church and friends of the church. It is uh, the weekend of Palm Sunday, uh, Sunday, April 5th. This is our fourth weekend in this new season of isolation and wilderness. We are still disconnected from what we understand to be normal. We cannot uh, come here to this building that is so familiar uh, and so comfortable to so many of us and relate to God in the way that we are used to um, through being in this space and stepping through um, religious practices as we are accustomed to. We cannot uh, relate to one another um, in the fellowship of the community of faith as, as we are used to. Um, we, we don't have that same weekly connection, all being in the same place and finding uh, each other in our regular seats and, uh, and, and being in the midst of life together in that same way. We cannot relate to the neighborhood and to the world around us in the same ways. We cannot be social or helpful. Um, we cannot play in the same ways. And in the midst of all that, we're struggling to understand ourselves. Uh, to relate to ourselves in a normal way because we do not have the normal comings and goings and patterns and rhythms and tasks and to-do lists. Uh, there's, there's something even about our own selves that feels strange that we cannot connect with. This is a, this is a very odd season that we find ourselves in the wilderness. Two, two weeks ago, um, I invited us all to, to consider the critical port importance of being present in this season, not letting our focus get monopolized by what used to be and thinking only of what was and, and not getting monopolized by our imaginations or our hopes or longings or planning for what life will be someday, but instead being fully present and aware in the here and now, in the midst of life, the way that it is now, present to God and the divine in the now, present to each other amidst the realities of the now, present to ourselves. And last week I invited us to consider how being in the wilderness has a way of naturally stirring, maybe in most of us, but not all of us, naturally stirring our empathy and our concern for others. In this reflection, I want to invite us all to consider that being in the wilderness gives us the opportunity to become more deeply aware of the privilege and privileges that are part of our lives and uh, how this is a unique opportunity to allow that empathy and concern that is stirred within us to drive us in new ways to live intentionally so that we can help to extend that privilege and those privileges to all those who lack them. A privilege is a benefit, it's an advantage, it's a right that is not enjoyed by others or by all. It's a special enjoyment of something good, it's, it's a special exemption from a particular burden uh, or evil. A privilege is an advantage over another. Privilege is built up and protected in times of comfort and blissful ignorance, but it is exposed, it's challenged, 
and it's extended to include others during times of wilderness. We can see this reality in the wilderness stories that are part of our scriptures and our spiritual history. The stories in Genesis of the generations of Abraham's descendants are stories of a people who knew the privilege of being welcomed into new nations and tribes with hospitality as foreigners and wanderers, while other tribes were instead treated with expulsion and disregard and even violence. As a people, then, the Israelites always remembered that privilege of being welcomed as a foreigner. And as their laws developed and evolved, they included the obligation born of that empathy to extend the privilege to the foreigners who came to be in their midst, to treat the foreigner as one of their own. When Moses was in the wilderness tending the flocks of his father-in-law, he realized the privilege of freedom that he experienced as a member of Pharaoh's household, a privilege that was not the reality for the rest of his people. And the empathy and the concern stirred within him in the wilderness compelled him to participate in extending that privilege to the Israelites by leading them along the Exodus and into a new season of being liberated. When the Israelites were led out of the Exodus, out of that bondage in Egypt and into the wilderness, they learned the privilege of three meals a day. Whether that was the meals previously provided for them uh, by the Egyptians in their bondage or the manna and the quail that were just uh, naturally provided to them, uh, latent within um, God's rhythms in creation. They always then, after that, remembered what it felt like to fear not having enough to eat. And so they sought to live in ways that uh, extended that privilege to others as their laws as a people developed and evolved. They, they came to require love for neighbor, including provisions for tithes that benefit the poor and leaving food in their fields unharvested to be harvested by those who are food insufficient and hungry. All throughout their history, the prophets of the Israelites um, stood up to point out the ways that being settled and comfortable was, was causing them to ignore their privilege, to, to take so much for granted, to stockpile and to hoard, to become defensive and antagonistic toward others, to get self-absorbed. Tremble and shudder, complacent ones, said Isaiah. Learn to seek justice and to relieve the oppressed. Woe to those of you who are at ease but are not grieved by the ruin of others, said Amos. Let justice well up like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. Through their time in the wilderness, the Israelites learned to sing songs like Psalm 82, give justice to the weak and maintain the rights of the poor. We know that Jesus emerged from his time in the wilderness with a message and a witness, a way of life that directly challenged privilege hoarding and sought to extend privilege to all. He fed, he cared for, he healed the uh, marginalized and the underprivileged. He challenged the wealthy to share their extraneous uh, possessions, to sell them and donate the proceeds for the sake of the poor. He invites uh, all to see that we cannot serve 
God's will and the well, which is the well-being of all people, if we are worried first and foremost about the self and then serving the self through the pursuit of personal wealth. In everything he taught, do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. This golden rule that just obliterates privilege. Remember, this is Palm Sunday weekend. Um, a, a stark reminder to us that Jesus had privilege. He had authority. He had power. He had means. But he didn't keep them to himself in self-serving ways. He always sought the well-being of the other, even if that meant uh, extending and even surrendering his own privilege at great cost to the self. Following in his footsteps, the... Um, the book of Acts tells us that the earliest followers of the ways of Jesus did not seek their own comfort and privilege, but shared resources so that none uh, was in need, so that the privilege of sustenance and well-being was extended to as many as possible. In Paul's letter um, to the Romans, his friends in Rome, one of the earliest followers of Jesus, he wrote that those who are strong ought to help the weak to carry their burdens. And a later follower named James wrote that, let the low be raised up and let the privilege be brought lower. And James warned that wealth and privilege lead too easily to oppression of the poor. While we are in this wilderness, we have a unique opportunity that we cannot waste to become more deeply aware of the ways that privilege is a part of our own stories and is unjustly lacking in the stories of others around us. We have this unique opportunity as we are present to all of the circumstances around us in the here and now, as we're intentionally allowing our empathy to bubble up and well up and to speak louder than those fears that drive us to self-focus and self-preserve. We have this unique opportunity to reorient the trajectory of our lives so that they then intentionally seek to extend the privileges that we enjoy to all people as the creator of this world and all nations and tribes has forever intended. And so what am I? What am I uh, learning about privilege as I slow down and I am present and I am focused on the realities of the here and now? I am learning more so that I have the privilege of a living wage in the midst of this crisis. Blair, my wife, and I both continue in our employment. Maybe because of your continued employment or because of the collective provision of the social systems of our country, like Social Security or unemployment benefits, you also know the privilege of a living wage. As we realize that privilege that we have, but that others don't, it makes us sensitive to their suffering and their fear. It makes us feel the injustice of a lack of privilege in the lives of those we know and love who have been laid off or, or furloughed or now underemployed, have been forced to close their businesses um, without paid time off. I wonder to, to whom we feel an empathetic desire to extend this privilege. I have learned more deeply the privilege of my mobility we have personal transportation that I can utilize whenever the need arises, that I can take to the store to get what I need, that I can use to transport anyone in my family to a doctor or hospital should that need come. 
It can be a clean, sanitized and controlled environment. And I need not worry um, or fear for my health and safety when going in my car for necessities. We have uh, friends who ordinarily live in Brooklyn, but who have known the privilege of being able to get into their car and safely leave the risk of the city for the suburbs. On a more excessive note, uh, maybe you read the story about the uber wealthy guy who knew the privilege of mobility out to his personal yacht so that he could be in the midst of safety and luxury during this crisis. As we all realize the privilege of safe personal mobility in, in our own circumstances, uh, it makes us sensitive uh, to those who lack safe and personal means of mobility. I have the privilege of sufficient food. Not only does our living wage afford us uh, the financial means to purchase food, we also know the privilege of having 18 different stores within a five mile radius that are open and able to sell food to us. I have the privilege of knowing that if I was unable to go food shopping, that there are dozens of family and friends who would drop them at the door for us. Maybe you know the privilege of enough food because you of your financial means or the provision of food by family or friends or the community in which you live or because of the ease of access to food stores. As we realize this privilege, this makes us sensitive to the hunger and the fear of those who don't have enough to eat, those who cannot afford food, those who lack the mobility to go get food, those who have no one else to bring them food. I'm learning uh, in this time of wilderness that that I have the privilege of health care and health insurance. I know that if I or my wife or one of our daughters were to come down with this virus and need to be hospitalized, that that that, that privilege would be afforded to us and that we would not be saddled with uh, tens of thousands of dollars in health care costs that would burden us for years, if not completely cripple us financially. I will not have to choose between affording health in our home or health in our groceries Maybe because of your employment or your parents' employment or because of the collective provision of the social health care systems of our country like Medicare or Medicaid, you also know the privilege of health care and health insurance. As we realize that this is a privilege that we have and that others don't, it makes us sensitive to their suffering and their fear and the injustice of them lacking sufficient health care. I am learning that I have the privilege of being able to sufficiently socially distance myself and my family. I have a place to call home, a place that is warm, it's safe, it's dry, it has running water, it has enough soap, it has access to the internet so that our kids can get on uh, in-home education so that we can all um, escape from this occasionally and be entertained by Netflix. Um, it, I have the privilege of having somewhere that is more than sufficient in which we can hunker down. My home is more than six feet away from our neighbors and we're not in close contact with anyone to get in and out of our door. Maybe you also know the privilege of having a home that's conducive to social distancing. Or maybe you know the fear of having to navigate others uh, around others in a hallway just to get to and through your door. As we realize this privilege, this makes us sensitive to those who lack this privilege, sensitive to the injustice of homelessness and, and housing insufficiency. And, and maybe that drives us in our empathy to seek to extend that privilege to others. I have the privilege of being male, English speaking and white. I can get out of this confinement 
to go for a walk by myself without fear. That is a, that is a privilege that, that Blair does not share. I can easily understand all the updates coming from the CDC and the governor's office for the sake of my safety and well-being because they're communicated in my language, which is a critical ability that not all of my neighbors share. I am free to pull on my hood and to wear a mask in public without being met with suspicion. In this season of coronavirus, um, I will not be the victim of irrational blame or ostracizing or violence like my Asian sisters and brothers. When I add all this up, I know deeply the privilege in the context of my normal life. I know what it is like for my normal day to be a time of comfort without a lot of uncertainty, without a lot of fear. I know what it's like to have enough money, food, shelter, utilities, healthcare, health insurance, mobility, transportation, companionship, social support, entertainment, respect and reputation, and social privilege so that my days are comfortable. And when I realize this privilege, and when I admit how easy it is to become complacent in that, when I look around carefully in the present and I lift the blinds from my eyes and I allow myself to connect with the realities of others with empathy, I'm sensitive to the fact that far too many people around me do not have the privilege of a comfortable, normal day. Their normal days before, during, and after this coronavirus season are days full of fear, lack, anxiety, depression, anger, struggle, hunger, lament, oppression, discomfort. Their normal is being stuck in survival mode. When I can connect with and feel even a portion of their reality out of empathy, something in me knows that this is unjust. And something in me is compelled and driven by something bigger than myself to see that things change. But I need to understand that privilege is not a finite resource. It's not a pie with a limited number of slices that we have to compete for and hoard. Privilege is something that we can share and extend to others if we choose to. When in the wilderness, we realize that we are part of a larger humanity than just our family or our tribe or our political party or our nation. There's a profound leveling of the playing field, and maybe more so than in any seasons of life, we are able to see the commonality of our humanity that we otherwise tend to ignore, if not willfully seek to negate. And so how are we willing, more so now than before, when we were in our places of comfort, to see that those things we enjoy with privilege, the resources, food, shelter, health insurance and care, mobility and transportation, companionship and social support, were never meant to be privileges, but rights that are a God-given and essential part of every last human being's life experience. And how are we willing, when we emerge from this season in the wilderness, to leave behind our complacency and our addiction to comfort, to sell our extraneous goods and luxuries and to invest the proceeds for the sake of raising up 
the underprivileged, to welcome the foreigner with hospitality, to seek justice and freedom for the oppressed, and to intentionally do for any and all others what we would want them to do for us if we were in their shoes. How are we willing to love our neighbor by naming, leveraging, and extending our privilege? As we are in this wilderness together, will we let justice well up like waters and righteousness start to flow like a mighty stream? Friends, be well, stay home, stay safe. Peace be with you.